Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Purple Insider, Matthew Collar here, and joining me for his first appearance on the show, it's going to be a hot one, Bart Winkler of the Bart Winkler Show and of the Fire Dudes from Radio Club, who are now happier people. What is up, Bart? How are you? Well, I'm good. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm excited for my first appearance. I'm a little worried that it will be my last. Um, I go on, on, so I still do some national radio shifts, and I, I put out these two disclaimers. To the national audience, I say, I feel like I can talk about your teams. If you want to call, I can talk about your teams. Um, I'm an equal opportunity employer, but there's two takes that you must know that I have. One, Nikola Jokic should not be the MVP. Two, I don't understand why anyone in their right mind would willingly be a, a Vikings fan. So with that being said, thank you for having me. Well, and no one in Minnesota can possibly understand why anybody would live in Wisconsin. So, you know, I think that, uh, and yet, you know what I've noticed, Bart, because I grew up in Buffalo and then moved here to cover the Vikings, is that the tailgates outside of either U.S. Bank Stadium, but especially Lambeau, they feature a lot of intermingling of these two states. It's the most Midwest thing. Like, they dislike each other deeply and yet are still willing to be near each other and cook some form of sausage and then eat it together. So I feel like that's us. Like, even though there's some, some real differences here uh, in, in the way we're going to look at the world, we could still maybe enjoy some meats and talk some football. Well, I do feel like if there was ever uh, like a battle of States or whatever, we would, we would end up being on the same team. We would fight, for the same causes for the same team. If we didn't kill each other first, (laughs) we probably have more similarities between Minnesota and Wisconsin than anyone actually wants to admit. There is a comedian who I see on YouTube and and TikTok and stuff always show up who is from Wisconsin, but does Midwest type of humor. Everything he's talking about also applies to Minnesota. So I'm sure Minnesotans do not want to hear that, uh, but that's absolutely true. So we're going to look at, though, we're going to look at all the teams in the NFC North because we've got a minute here to assess. And so I have created an NFC North quiz. I have five statements and you get choices to either agree with the statement, disagree, or I will also let you play the middle because we're in the middle of the country. So you can also somewhat disagree if you want. So here's where I'm going to start with you, Bart, the right place. Agree or disagree with this statement. Packers fans should celebrate the beginning of the Jordan Love era more than mourning the Aaron Rodgers exit. Do you agree, somewhat disagree, or disagree with that statement? Well, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to go agree or disagree. Okay. I want. Right. I want to be true to the segment. I agree. Oh my god. So, 
I'm a Packers fan. We've established that. Uh, I should also mention I'm an owner. Uh, my name is Bart. I think I was named after Bart Starr, but I also think I kind of coaxed my parents into telling me that was true. I can't stand this guy anymore. Get Aaron Rodgers out of my life. Get him off my team. I'm so tired of this. It is it is awful. The uh, Like, I don't – so Aaron Rod- – like, for a long time – you know, it's been weird because, you know, Favre and then Rodgers. And I was excited for the Rodgers era. I would have answered agree to see a Rodgers era over a Favre era. And I think the simplest thing it comes down to is how long will they be here if you're going to make the decision now? With Favre, it was, okay, you want another couple of years of Favre or maybe 10 years out of Rodgers, best case scenario, and then it was longer. And it's the same thing to me. Why would you have another year or two of uh, wishy-washy Rodgers when you can have a guy in Jordan love. So from that standpoint, you know, I'm at some point you got to look onto the next hand. Now I did not like the Jordan love pick. I thought that drafting a quarterback when they did trading up for one was a complete disaster and a really bad pick, but as, so, but that's the pick they made. And so as time has gone on, it's going to become, well, when is the start to this era and when's the end of this era on the side note, I said, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I think of qualities that people have that I don't like, he has every one of them. Everything about him I do not like. There's not one thing I like about him uh, at all. Okay, I know he helps small, but we always got to say, he helps small businesses during the pandemic. We always got to say that. And I do think, like, I think he's a good person. I think he he's a good-hearted person, you know, unlike the monster that is far. He's a good person. He's a nice guy. But I just don't like his personality. Still, I was able to root for him on the field. As soon as he put that jersey on, I, like, love the guy. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so thankful he's our quarterback. That starts to fade away a little bit. And also, I don't think he's the right quarterback for this team. The reason I know Jordan Love's going to be good is because Aaron Rodgers didn't let him play this year. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were 4-8. and eight. He was hurt. They had every reason to sit him down. The percentage chance of making the playoffs was minuscule. And then he goes on McAfee's show, a.k.a. let me get out in front of the narrative weekly. And he said, I'm playing until we're mathematically eliminated. And so he, before the Packers could even make a choice, he said what he was going to do. I think he didn't want us to see Jordan Love in five weeks because then this wouldn't have even been a decision. So appreciate what we had. We got a Super Bowl out of him. There's a lot of great memories. Hail Marys and drawn guys off sides and great plays and Jared Cook on the sidelines and now, I own you to the Bears, and there's so many great moments that Rodgers gave us, and we won't forget them. But that era is over, and it's time to be excited for the next guy. Agree. Okay. Uh, I like the fact that you're going all in here. I just figured, you know, I'd give you that option of being in the middle, but you're you're playing this to, to win. So uh, a follow-up, couple follow-up thoughts. I mean, one is we already found something that Vikings and Packers fans agree on is wanting Aaron Rodgers gone. Because until Aaron Rodgers is officially out and in New York, the people to your West will not be able to breathe uh, carefully or safely. Okay. So let me, um, let me ask you this. Let me cut you off. Let me cut you off and ask you this. Don't you feel like, and I wonder what the pick would be, but to sweeten the pot for the jets, I feel like every team in the NFC North should chip in at least a six rounder (laughs) to give to the jets. Would Vikings fans not, if if the Vikings, if you found out as a Vikings fan that, Aaron Rodgers got traded, and as part of the deal, the Vikings gave a six-rounder to the Jets and got nothing in return. I'd, I'd be like, 
satisfied with that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that every team would do it. I think all of the teams would say, all right, let's put a couple of uh, dimes in the jukebox here and get them out of there. Uh, I agree. But, the, you know, the thing is that with Rodgers, I think everybody rationally in Minnesota would say, okay, he wasn't as good last year. He's clearly devolving into something different than he used to be personality-wise, as you mentioned, like all the attention from the McAfee show, which then he comes back and says, I don't know why you guys are paying so much attention to me. What? I, I'm not asking for that at all. Just going on this huge show every week and dropping a bunch of you know stuff that may or may not even be true. Uh, so yeah, you know, he's created his own drama as has been delusional Aaron Rodgers for quite some time. Yet still, at the end of last year, the Vikings go to Lambeau and they're thinking, all right, you get a win here. You know, you got a chance at that one seed still. And Aaron Rodgers does some crazy, insane, fake thing at the goal line, walks into the end zone. Like, I still, the dude is out there making plays that not many quarterbacks make. So I think that everybody is willing to, you know, move on from the nightmare that has been Aaron Rodgers torturing the Vikings for so many years. And he has, I looked this up, a quarterback rating against the Vikings that would win him an MVP in a regular year. That's like higher than Mahomes career is Aaron Rodgers just versus the Vikings. So it's really been something, but I guess the other part of that is Jordan love. I mean, you know, we've established how good Aaron Rodgers has been. The the hard thing for anybody to know is even remotely how good Jordan Love is going to be because you have this little tiny sample size of when Rodgers got banged up and this little couple of plays against the Vikings at the end of the game and a couple of preseasons. That's all you got. So, I mean, I could see where you'd be saying like, yeah, like the, the projection for the future of Rodgers is just not good because of how old he is. He's also doing crazy things to his body now, and that can't help uh, to cleanse yourself in a bunch of crazy ways and so forth. He didn't look good physically last year just from his body, but how can you know what Jordan Love's going to be? Well, and I think that's why I would have liked to have Aaron Rodgers shut down for the season. So we could see five weeks of Jordan love. There's been an, enough in the little flashes where it's like, okay, he could probably play. And I really do take stock in what some of his teammates have said about him. Even before the off season, Devondre Campbell, one of their linebackers was talking him up that I think he's better than a lot of ones out there. And so I, I what, what I wanted to see in the last five weeks was not just how he plays, but how does he play game to game? How, if Jordan love wins a game, how's he play the next game? Does he, react a certain way to that. If he loses a game, does he come out and struggle the next game? How does he play over a three-week stretch? Four weeks, five weeks. And we were robbed of that because of Aaron Rodgers' uh, ego. So I am excited to see what we're going to see. Um, you know, in Rodgers' first year, and I hope Packer fans don't freak out too much, Rodgers' fans' first year, he was 6-10. and 10. That was a weird year where, and I really defended Rodgers that year, because he would lead a comeback in like four of the games they lost but there was still 220 left on the clock and then the defense would always blow it. And then the stat would be Rogers can't leave it a two minute drive and he could lead a three minute drive or four minute drive, but then they'd always lose it at the end. So I think some of it has to be optimism, but really I think Aaron Rodgers forcing himself to play and playing mediocre in those last five weeks, five touchdowns, three picks. That's, I mean, Jordan love could have done that. I think for me, what I'm, what I'm holding stock onto is, Aaron Rodgers not letting Jordan Love play tells me Jordan Love is good. And that's where I'm at. Okay. I, I don't mind that logic. I think that there's just a lot of value in finding out, 
right? And because oh, yeah. Rodgers was never going to be your quarterback for the next five years. It was uh, one more year or not one more year, basically. So why not find out now if there's something there with Jordan Love? And we've talked about this uh, many, many times in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, where it's like, you know exactly what Kirk Cousins is. You know how far you can go with him. He's probably the easiest quarterback in the NFL to project to get to the first round and have decent stats and run your offense and some days let you down. And that's what he is. But even if the Vikings were to make a mistake in the draft and not get someone good, at least you would find out. And then that would set you up for the next person. And you know, you know what your future is going to be as opposed to just kind of resting in the middle. Uh, there's always that like behind door. Number two is probably more exciting uh, than knowing exactly what you're going to get from Rogers and the sporting cast and the receivers still aren't good enough for that team to be a real Super Bowl contender. So if you're not really competing for the Super Bowl, then it's better to find out if you have somebody to build around. Let's move on to our next one, though. And I think you'll be good on this one, Bart. Agree or disagree? The Lions past history matters and they are going to let everyone down despite the hype. Agree or disagree that the Lions will let everyone down because Lions? I am going to disagree. I think I feel like the Lions might be figuring it out. And, uh, you know, it's a bummer they lost Jamal Williams for them. He was really good. But they did get David Montgomery, which uh, just completes the NFC North as the division of incest, which I, I swear we do it more in this division than any other division. It's really weird and sad. Didn't Dean Lowry sign with the Vikings? He did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, he's, by the way, he stinks. It, it wasn't good last year. It wasn't good, but, th but no, you're exactly right. I mean, this is the history of the entire NFC North the not just Favre, but there's all sorts of Packers that end up Greg Jennings or uh, even Gilbert Brown showed up here at one point. So yeah, no, uh, anyway, carry on, but you're absolutely right. It's definitely like that. Well, I got more Robert Ferguson, Ryan Longwell, a uh, <laughs> bunch of, bunch of guys. Uh, yeah, I can't. I thought so. okay, never mind. Um, I, I I'm feeling like the Lions can be okay. And that, are they going to win the division? Well, the division might be wide open. I think that it depends how Jordan Love does. Because then the Packers, if Jordan Love's good, the Packers are capable. This division's bad, so all it's going to take is somebody to win maybe ten games. And which of these teams is going to win those ten games? I think the Bears are on the up. We can talk about that. But with the Lions, I'm not like. I think this current Lions team is good. And if people want to worry that, well, in the past they sucked, well, then you can worry about that. But I think the group they have there, they came into Lambeau Field on a Sunday night with nothing to play for, and they pretty much ended Aaron Rodgers' career as a Packer. And unfortunately, I saw that with my own eyes. It was the one game I went to this season at Lambeau Field, and boy, what a miss that was. Very, uh, very much regretting that. But I think that they can be good. Obviously, the receivers are getting better. Uh, the defense is getting better. Are they content with Jared Goff? Which is interesting. Like some of these quarterbacks, like Lamar Jackson, why are the Lions getting him? Why, why? There's 20 teams that should be in on Lamar Jackson. And for some reason, there's like not even the Ravens want to admit that they want Lamar Jackson. So, but I don't know, because right now Jared Goff is a top five quarterback in the NFC, how bad this conference is. I am not, I'm not, if I'm a Lions fan, I know it's going to be hard but I'm going to try to close my eyes at history and look at this team and think we might have something there. So I'm going to disagree. I don't think the history matters, but it would be true lines form to get everybody to think that and then suck. 
Well, I think that the supporting cast for Jared Goff, including his offensive coordinator, is so good that Jared Goff can be, and I don't mean an elite quarterback in the same way that Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback, but I mean elite offensive production overall to continue to be a top five offense as they were last year because they have good receivers, good offensive line. They run the ball well. They scheme it up for Jared Goff, and they don't ask him to really do too much if he just executes that offense. It's kind of like it was with the Rams, where they had the the good offensive line. That's the crazy thing about Goff is if he can drop back, set, and throw, dude is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If he has to move like two feet, it's over, and he's bad. It's the it's the it's very Alex Smithian of Jared Goff. So I don't look at them as a true Super Bowl contender, even though the NFC is still very weak in comparison to the AFC. But I don't think that their history matters at all. I mean, you look at a bunch of teams that historically were absolutely horrendous. How about the New Orleans Saints before Drew Brees? Just a laughing stock. The Buffalo Bills before Josh Allen. Like this happens all the time where teams are down for a long time and then suddenly things click into place and they're a lot better. Uh, you have to go back quite a ways, but the Green Bay Packers weren't that great before Brett Favre. So that that is how it goes. I would say, though, that it's not without potential potholes because if things don't go the way that they did last year for them offensively and some of these signings don't work as well as they're expected to, they could end up being a mediocre team again. Like, I think we're just sort of assuming and we do this all the time. Whatever we kind of saw in the second half of last season was the truth for next season and everything that was wrong has been fixed and nothing new will be wrong and it will all be fine going into next year. I don't know that that's always the case, but it just seems like who's better on paper from top to bottom for a roster and a coaching staff than the Lions. And I don't think that's anybody in the NFC North. They are good enough that for at least one year, we can avoid the, should the Lions get a Thanksgiving Day game every season? They're good enough that we can table that for at least one year. And I think for that franchise, that's a massive, that's a massive win. When was the last time in your life that the Packers were playing the Lions and you were like, oh, I don't know. I mean, other than this last week 18 where you thought, okay, they could come in and win. Like, when before that in your life were you like, I don't know, this well, line's pretty good. There were some Thanksgiving games where we went in there and sucked. Uh, by the way, I'm a we guy. I say we, just so everybody knows. Um, but really it was the the uh, playoffs with Favre's first super uh, pl- uh, playoff game win where he hits Sterling Sharp at the end of the game. And Barry Sanders, I remember Barry Sanders was here in a playoff game or a late December game, and they held him to negative one yards. And it was like, uh, it was a, it was a mirror. It was like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life up at that point as a Packer fan. So it's been a, it's been a healthy 30 years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There was a moment there where they were like a 10-win team. Uh, maybe you were concerned about Kelvin Johnson. And I would say there was, a, I think it was 95, where Scott Mitchell had his one great year that they were legitimately dangerous. But that's how far you have to go back to say legitimately dangerous about the Detroit Lions. Uh, next topic for you, Bart. And And by the way, I, of course, uh, am more on the journalist side, so not a wee guy, uh, but no problem with the wee. And this is a debate with fans all the time. My thing is, if you buy tickets and buy jerseys and paid taxes on the stadium and invest your entire heart and soul, if, if you're a fan of a team, why would it not be wee, right? That's that's. Well, if I'm talking to other Packer fans, I'm not going to say, hey, uh, how do you think the Packers will do this year? Right. How do you, what did you, are you going to go? I would say, how do you think we're going to do this year? We're, we know what we're saying. That's a very, that's a very fake argument of anger from some in the media. Yes. So I'm I glad you're totally, on the right side of history. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, all right. So next question for you pertains to the Minnesota Vikings, not we in my world, but uh, the rest of the division agree or disagree should be worried about the Vikings coming off a 13 win season. So what they did last year will project forward and the rest of the division should be concerned that the Vikings will do it again. Uh, I would say disagree. I don't think they should be worried about their win total last year. I think Vikings fans will remember uh, that they started to the, the word fraud. I mean, everybody said fraud, just like the only word that was used with this NCAA women's thing this last week was the word classless. Like everybody, nobody used a different word. Just like with the Vikings, it was fraud. It was the one word we all stuck on, on that word. I don't think the Vikings are bad. I don't think they're good. They might be closer to good than bad they're not great they're not they were not they should not have won 13 games last year i don't think a lot of vikings fans disagree with that but also they did you know and so i can i can spout at you all i want about uh, one possession games and lucky and but you won you still won so even if they would have in the playoffs frauded their way to a title they still would have won a title you know it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you win I think that if the NFC North is going to worry about the Vikings and we talked about the Lions, and they may be the other team, but it's just that they might be the best of an average lot, you know? So I think that there's, I think that there's ceilings and floors for every team that are pretty vast for the Lions. They might have the highest ceiling, but they do have a floor. And for the bears, I'm a Justin Fields guy. I think he's good. They, I'm still not sure their ceiling's over nine wins, but their floor's pretty bad. The Packers could have a really high ceiling, but they could also have a really low floor. And I think the Vikings' floor is eight wins and their ceiling is 10 wins. So all they got to do is steal one from these other NFC North teams. Like, they should be the favorite to win the North. Uh, just like the Saints should be the favorites to win the NFC South. Everybody else stinks. So 
don't be worried about what the Vikings did in terms of the 13 wins. Worry that like they're just maybe better than you at this point. They've got the best player. Let me just think real quick. Yeah, Justin Jefferson in the division. I mean, that's going to go a long way. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I think that if I were to bet on it, as much as I don't like the Vikings, I, I think they're the they're the safe play. And it just matters if somebody else is going to have a better year than them. But you, like you said, Kirk Cousins, what does Kirk Cousins do? Like Aaron Rodgers, we know what he does. He'll get you 13 wins and lose in the NFC Championship game. Kirk Cousins gets you 12 wins and loses in the first round. So we know that. So I think I've answered the question four different times, and I'll pass it over to you. Okay, so here's another one. Historically, we're talking about the Lions. Like, when's the last time you took them seriously? When? How many times since you've watched football could you not say about the Vikings they'll win between eight and ten games? I mean, how many seasons have not been that way the entire time you've been paying attention? Uh, it's been a long time, and I think with the Vikings, too, as a Packer guy, every time that we look at the schedule, it's an assumed loss when you go to Minnesota, and I can't say that for the other two teams at all. I mean, Detroit at Detroit's an assumed win, uh, unless it's Thanksgiving because there have been some weird days, like I said. At Chicago's definitely assumed win. But then, yeah, the Vikings are always an assumed loss, and, and I, I do think that's the real rivalry in the NFC North at this point between those two teams. And it's because those have been the better two teams in the last 10 years. So, yeah, it's it's eight and 10. But that's, a, I mean, that's still a good spot to be. You know, it, it, you, you would hope for better. But when you're in a division that is not at its peak right now, although I think trending in the right way, Vikings got to worry about that, I think. I think the Lions are trending up. The Bears are trending up. If Jordan loves good, the Packers will be trending up. And the Vikings are just along a baseline so they're not getting worse but i don't know that they're getting better so that that'll be something they have to look at and that's going to come down to who's the quarterback after kirk i think so that could go a long way they trade for lamar jackson well geez they're super they're a super bowl i don't this is why i don't understand why teams don't like at least try they're a super bowl contender and maybe a favorite in the nfc but if they just like let kirk go away and then struggle to find their next guy for the next five seasons like people can say, oh, Packers, you don't know what 20 to 30 years is a bad quarterback, so you could go right back to that. Well, well but the Packers have their guy. The the Lions, I guess, Goff's still younger than we think. The Bears have their guy. Vikings, who's the next guy? We don't know that yet. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I just It's remarkable to me about the history of the Vikings where they are always a team that you would say is between 8 and 10 wins going into every season. Some of them, they've surprised us, of course. The, the Favre season, though, I don't even think coming off of how he played – with the jets that anyone even thought Favre was going to take them where he did uh, or the 13 and three case Keenum season. Nobody saw that coming. It certainly helped that they injured Rogers a few plays into uh, the first matchup there, but oh, they did their fans never talk about that all the time. And, and Packers fans didn't tweet anything at Anthony Barr That was mean. They were very polite in the Midwest fashion about that. But uh, I think that in, in, for this one, the other teams should not be, terrified of the Vikings, but just assume that they know what they're going to be unless something huge changes. If they were to get Lamar Jackson, then yes, they're the favorite for the division. They're probably only behind Philadelphia for favorites for the entire NFC. And that's why when people here debate, well, should, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I don't know, he's had some injuries or he can't pass or it's like, 
folks, I guarantee you that Vegas would immediately put them as the number two team in the NFC instantly if Lamar Jackson came here. I think the Vikings could win this division with 10 wins uh, because if the other things don't click into place that need to go right for the Lions or if Jordan Love isn't that good or we'll talk about the Bears in a second, then they could. But I think that they do have a very clear ceiling for this next season. And this year is really about how they transition from the Kirk era into the next era at quarterback. So I totally agree with you that at some point they need to try to break that eight to 10 win mold. Um, the Chicago Bears question is pretty simple. Agree or disagree? The Bears are this year's Jaguars. The Jaguars had been horrific, had the worst coach in football, Urban Meyer, maybe the worst coach of the last like 20 years. And uh, then they got Doug Peterson. It's not a coaching change in Chicago, but they spent a bunch of money in free agency. With every free agent signing, everyone said, I think they might have overpaid. And then those players helped them get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. Is that going to be the fate of the Chicago Bears in the year 2023? Okay, I might caveat this one a little bit now that I said, okay, so I for the for the statement you said, I will disagree. I think this year's Jaguars are going to be the Jaguars again, because I think everyone's going to doubt them again. And uh, I think they're going to be very good. The bears could be next year's Jaguars. Uh, I still think, you know, they, they're still assembling some pieces. They bring over these wide receivers. The, I, the chase Claypool getting traded and then vanishing is unbelievable. And um, Darnell Mooney having a bad year. Is unbelievable. It's it just it seemed to me like what the Bears should have been doing in the last half of the season was almost like when you go up big in uh youth sports and you're like, all right, guys, only shoot with your left hand. Okay, because you're gonna the Bears should have been like, Justin, don't run. We know you can run. The Bears celebrated um their loss to the Dolphins as if it was the biggest win of the season because they saw uh Justin Fields that was okay. Anyone that was on the fence, he's our guy. And I do think he is the guy. And I do think he's a good passer. I, I watched him at Ohio State. He had prolific offenses there. I, I just think the Bears kind of got into the trap where, because everybody else around him was so bad, they just relied on it. But they weren't going to win games. So I think they missed out on an opportunity to have live practice to try to actually implement some sort of offense that could utilize field strength as a passer and improve some of his weaknesses. Instead, they just let him run 18 times a game. So I, I like that they made the trade. Uh, DJ Moore coming over, I think that was a nice addition to that trade. They still might make more trades to really bolster that team. So they've got a lot of holes, but they have a they have a path to, to getting that team better. And so if I am a Bears fan, uh, I'm looking at I'm, – I'm being optimistic. I'm thinking at least our, our team seems to have some sort of direction – we're not drafting Justin. F the biggest mistake they made was Nagy and Pace should have started Justin Fields every game. And for their sake, they should have attached themselves to him so that if he struggled or did good, they would have said, well, you can't fire us. I mean, we're, we don't want another guy to come in here. And it, it seemingly worked out for Nagy, maybe not so much Ryan Pace. But I think I think the Bears are going to get there. I think good good days are ahead for the Bears just might might not be this year. I think that they had the exact right 
process coming out of Nagy and Pace, which was to tear it all down and don't just try to live in some sort of fantasy where, oh, we'll just draft this guy or sign this guy and he'll be the difference. He'll fix all the problems. They're like, no, this roster is awful and we need to move on from our guys who are worth something. Get rid of Khalil Mack, get something for him, get rid of, I mean, Roquan Smith is a good player, but was in line to make way too much money for them. So, all right, move on from him. If they had kept him, I I could have understood it, but maybe they didn't feel like he fit with Eberflus the way that they wanted him to. So just get as much as you can for draft capital and cap space, and then spend like drunken sailors and try to rebuild this team. And then this year, give Justin Fields an opportunity to really show us whether it's a yes or a no. Like, is, is he a Josh Allen or is he a Vince Young? Because it's probably not going to be anything else. He's either going to take a big step and be really good, or he's not going to take a big step throwing the ball and is just going to be pretty mediocre. The hard thing to figure out is, A, because they had the sporting cast that was so awful. Like, is there more there for him? Or can he ever figure out the other parts that aren't just throwing the ball? Because you mentioned Ohio State. He is a great thrower of the football, but it's this sort of puzzled look like, oh, I don't know where I'm supposed to throw the football. Now, is that system? Probably not after two different coaches. Is it wide receivers? Definitely could be because if you're afraid to throw it when guys aren't open, well, okay, I get it. Like you're supposed to throw to the open guys and there weren't any, or is it the dude is just slow when it comes to processing and gets sacked all the time, which seems to be the case at the moment. And that's what I can't really figure out, but they could still, even if he passes like mediocre, but they have a better defense this year, better offensive line and a receiver to throw to, there's still like a seven win team. If he throws the ball really well, they might get to like nine wins. I don't think they have enough to be more than that. But if he throws the ball pretty well, they can be a fairly dangerous team. I think the Bears will win some games that they shouldn't. I think that they're they're certainly going to improve. I mean, they almost couldn't not. I would be stunned if they made the playoffs, though. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It would be it would take it would take such a massive jump. We have just like it's funny about tanking, right? Like that it never has to take that long if you do a lot of things right coming out of it. Um, for some of these teams where you're back in competition, it might be kind of like Arizona after they drafted Kyler Murray. They took big steps forward in that first year uh, after being horrific, but weren't quite there. Uh, the last question is. Agree or disagree, the farthest an NFC North team will go in the playoffs is the wild card round. And uh, let me just add a little shade to this. I still think this is a very, very interesting division, like an extremely interesting division, despite the possibility. You might disagree and say that, you know, somebody's going to go deep in the playoffs, but I think it's sort of funny how every team were kind of like, eh, I don't know. And yet, um, like how good they can they really be? And yet there's so many things with each franchise that are going to be like franchise shaping over this next year. Oh, this is interesting. So they will, they, whoever wins the NFC North is going to win uh, or win the division, get a home game. So then I'm trying to think like of the teams. So let's say the Eagles win the East. I'm really trying to do the math here and show the work. Eagles win the East. Only one team's coming out of the South. Uh, man, so then, like, the West, are the Rams going to be good? I don't know what the Niners are doing. Um, the Seahawks, geez. 
I'm almost gonna say yes. NFC stinks. It's it's not good. I think the best teams are the best three teams have to be in the East, right? I mean, we can we can debate about that or whatever, but I think the Eagles are the best. The Cowboys are still good. They're good. Okay. The Giants, I think, are good. And are and then I think you can be like, oh no, well, the Niners are better than the Giants. Or I don't trust it with the Niners. I I, I this might be more of a bias. I say I hate the Vikings. Oh my God. I hate the Niners. I can't stand that team. Nobody gets more like admiration for being mediocre than Kyle Shanahan in this whole league. They they're I, I really can't stand the Niners. The, the San Francisco 49ers are the NFL's Boston Celtics, where people always assume they're better than they are, and the whole media is in the tank for them for whatever reason. Everyone loves the Boston Celtics. Everyone loves the San Francisco 49ers. Niners don't even know who their quarterback's gonna be. They might not, they might even still trade for Rodgers now. I mean, nobody nobody knows what's going on there. So I, I would say yes. I'd say the NFC North, you get a home game, you can win a home game. As much as we think this division is bad, which it is, um, give, give me one of these teams. The Lions, the Lions at home can win a playoff game. The Packers at home can win a playoff game. The Vikings at home can win a playoff game. I don't think it'll be the Bears. So I will say to the divisional round, and then I might, I might cut it there. So I'll disagree. I have a little more hope for the NFC. I think we can, I think our division, the black and blue, the Norris, we can get to the divisional round. <laughs> and uh and that'll be it bring back the division names in the nhl for sure yeah the uh well the 49er thing um i think from minnesota it's probably a different perspective because the vikings have had so much so many problems with san francisco well so have the packers yeah, i mean they, right. they destroy us <laughs> right so there's probably uh some jealousy there especially since the 49ers have kind of won the way that the vikings wanted to win under mike zimmer which was like running the ball having a quarterback just kind of execute you know what they're supposed to do and then just beating the other team's face in with defense that's what mike zimmer wanted to do but it only really worked for like one season in 2017 to be a legitimate contender do you do you think by the way the the quarterback situation is so fascinating they went to the ownership meetings and told everybody in the world, Brock Purdy's our guy. I mean, are they like waving a flag, like someone trade for Trey Lance? Are they trying to like do some misdirection, but they actually still like Trey Lance? Do that? Are they going to talk Brady out of retirement? How often do we get to April 6th? And we're like, I don't even know who their quarterback is or what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, didn't they sign Sam Darnold too? Is he there? Yeah. <laughs> I think Trey Lance is their guy. I mean, I know the Brock Purdy story was nice, but and it's not like I'm not think, I'm not thinking like sunk cost fallacy where you have to you you did this for Trey and you traded, but Trey they drafted Trey Lance because that's what they want in their quarterback in that system, and and that's what they want. And the Niners they you know so I do think there's a level of Kyle Shanahan that's overrated. I do have more emotional bias takes towards the Niners than the Vikings. I thought for a Packers fan that came on and said, I hate this team. I don't understand. You could be a fan. I think I can give you rational takes on the Vikings with the Niners. I can't, uh, I hate them so much. The Niners have a great, like their offense is tremendous. They can get, if you say to the Niners, you have four plays, you have, 
you have four plays. You start at the five, you have four plays, and you need 100 yards in four plays. And every play has to be at least 18 yards. They would do it. They do do it better than anybody. They've got Kittle, they got Debo, they got McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, even these like the, the Jawan Jennings of the world can can do well. So they're they're very good. But yeah, they got to figure out who their quarterback is. So I don't know. It is very fascinating. Weren't there Trey Lance Minnesota rumblings for like a week? Well, he's one of us, so that's part of it. You know, once yeah. uh so anytime there's a Minnesota connection, but also there's the Kyle Shanahan coached you know, Kirk Cousins and Mike Shanahan drafted Kirk Cousins. And, you know, there was some quote where Shanahan said he thought he was going to get Kirk Cousins. So naturally, and then Mike Florio has poured gasoline on that fire by saying there were rumors at the combine that the 49ers and Vikings had some sort of trade talks about Kirk Cousins. I have very much tried to like uh, to push back on it a little bit. I don't see why they would do this. But the one thing that does that could talk me into it is, you know, the Vikings restructuring and not extending Kirk Cousins sort of signifies it's like, this is it. This is the last year of him. Uh, not a hundred percent, but it could. And all the quarterbacks from San Francisco get hurt all the time. And so like, not that we can ever predict really injuries, but if you're Kyle Shanahan, like, could I acquire the healthiest man who's ever played football Kirk cousins who literally misses zero games ever and kind of knows how to execute my offense. So there is like a little like ish sort of connection. Like you can squint and make it happen. And if you're the Vikings and you're looking for your younger quarterback, well, Trey Lance is a younger quarterback that maybe they'd be willing to part ways. So I see where people try to put that together all the time. I've just never been able to make it work to be a great idea, especially since they've blown the first two years of Trey Lance's rookie contract and he, hasn't played. So he still needs like a lot of development, you know? I was thinking just talking uh, that like if Kirk Cousins, so we think of Kirk Cousins a certain way. He can win 10 games. He won't go any further than the divisional round. If the Vikings and Niners made that trade, people would, people would like think of Kirk Cousins in a new way. Even though the Vikings have weapons, they, they have weapons. They, they have a lot of weapons. But if you put Kirk then with McCaffrey and Kittle and Debo, I, I would th- I would think if Kirk Cousins is on the Niners, people would people would rush to say they're going to win the NFC, like trip over themselves to do it, which is very interesting. But that's again, that's the way that the Niners have a spell over everyone. No, I mean, you're right about that, that they would. Uh, And I think with the current state of the NFC, there might be some logic to that. But that was also the 2018 Viking logic. If you just put Kirk on a team that went to the NFC championship, then it'll be different. He has a remarkable way of making it the same, no matter what. Like the team has gone down, the team has gone up around him, and it's still been kind of the same deal uh, each year. So any any more uh, questions that are on your mind? I asked you a bunch of questions. You got any questions for me, Bart? I I know we're going to run this on both of our podcast feeds. So does does your audience want any Viking insight here? Uh, The one thing I would like to know is at what point in the season, because this happened a lot here, at what point in the season when Zadarius Smith would go down in a game and it looked like uh, he would never walk again, at what point in the season did you realize Oh, he'll be out there three plays later. Cause that really made me mad here. Yes, that did happen several times. Uh, Adam Thielen was actually more known for that last year 
than Zadarius Smith, but it did happen a few times. Oh, and yeah, that, no Thielen anymore. Where did he go? Uh, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I know Sad. that I was going to say if you have a wide receiver two to pass along, but you don't. So there is no Packers wide receiver two at the moment. Uh, he's no, because they're all the ones. Oh, oh, yeah, of course. My mistake. Romeo Dobbs. Um, <laughs> right. Al Lazard is now a Jet, as is... Um, Tim Boyle, I think, is also Tim a Boyle. Now, breaking so news. Tim big, Boyle, yeah. Big move today in the NFL, Tim Boyle. But yeah, no, the Zadarius thing is weird because Zadarius, like, what's a polite way to put this? Um, ruined Garrett Bradbury's life like several times and the lives of the left tackles, whoever it was, for the Vikings. So when the Vikings acquired him, like, okay, well, this guy's a freaking monster. And then he was for like eight games. He just took people's heads off and beat their bodies yeah. with it. And then it disappeared. And I think that the injuries you're talking about did catch up with him in the second half of the season because it was a completely different player. And I think he was slowed down. And he tried to tell us a few times like, oh, well, I'm over the knee injury that he had or whatever. So, sure. now, so now they're in this weird position of Zedarius Smith made like a goodbye post on social media. And then it was reported that he wants a new contract, but no one was really going to pay him big money if they cut him. And it's better if they trade him, but they haven't done like tanky things to take apart the roster. So why would you trade somebody who's good at football? And then we just sit here and wait and twiddle our thumbs. So I don't even know what's going to happen, but it seems like that was the way it was in green Bay where you kind of never knew what was going to happen with Zedarius Smith. Yeah. It was everybody's favorite Packer when he came, uh, he did these joint press conferences with Preston Smith, which then I saw he was doing some joint stuff right away. So he followed the same playbook. He's everybody's favorite to start has some big plays and then just kind of decides that he doesn't, I don't know that the, the last year he was here, he played like 14 snaps in game one. And then was just like hurt the whole time, but not like real confident about how hurt he was or it, yeah, it's weird. It's just, it's just, he's one of those guys that, you know, the announcers get fooled at in every time is a dairy. Oh my gosh. It's a Darius. And they play the slow Fox music. And then <laughs> three plays later, Zadarius on the tackle, you know, it's like, well, yeah, of course he was coming back in. Very, very dramatic and sad. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. That did happen quite a few times. I think the, the back surgery and the knee issue last year kind of says maybe it's time to just kind of move forward uh, and look for your next edge rusher. But anyway, uh, the Bart Winkler show, I don't know if it's for Vikings fans, but it might be it's for not. But it might be for Wisconsinites, of which we do have. You wouldn't believe it. Some people in Wisconsin who are Vikings fans, but also like the Brewers, the Bucks, and whatever else you've got over there. Hockey teams uh, and so yeah. forth. College, college hockey teams. There are college, college hockey people. Yeah. I would say if you've got any crossover that's into the Brewers or especially the Bucks, uh, we do live shows after the Bucks game. Shouldn't be a fun summer with them. But yeah, if you're a Vikings fan, I would only listen to the shows uh, after the Vikings beat us and then relish in that. I would, that would, that's one thing in radio that would drive me nuts. Like we're on the border of Illinois and uh, Wisconsin and Milwaukee close enough where you can get the radio signals. And so I would be all pumped up after a big Packers went over the bears and people would tweet in not listening today, listening to Chicago radio. It's so funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Well, it's just my livelihood that you listen to me. And we bank on these after Packer weeks. So uh, I'm glad you like your friends in Chicago. But so after you're done listening over here, uh, then you listen to me. 
It's a great idea, everyone. Hate listen to Bart when the Packers hey, uh, lose. That's a great idea. So, well, it was great to get together with you, man. Uh, love to see what you've done in the post-radio world. And we're very similar in that way, working with Blue Wire and so forth. And you're off and rolling. Great to see. So if you are so inclined, go check out Bart's show. And otherwise, uh, we'll do this again because it was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for doing this. If your listeners will have me back, I'd be happy to come back. <laughs>